If you really want your learner to use an ePortfolio, don't tell them how or what to do. Share with them why an ePortfolio is going to be important to them. Share with them how or why an ePortfolio is going to be an investment in themselves. Share with them how you use your ePortfolio. Chances are, once they see how important an ePortfolio is to you, they'll understand how it can be important to them. Welcome to another Learner's Mindset Discussion. I'm Dr. Dwayne Harapnik, and my esteemed colleague is... Dr. Talissa Thibodeau. Today, we're going to be exploring the topic of ePortfolios. Once again, I think if you were to go back in our, our LMD discussions, we've probably addressed this topic a minimum of once, maybe two times already. But today, we want to take a look at a very pragmatic, practical perspective. How do you actually get people to use ePortfolios? Um, the reality is, after the last 20, 30 years, most people still aren't using ePortfolios. Uh, we've recently been involved in a project where, because the administration didn't understand or value the ePortfolio, it became a bolt-on. And we knew from the get-go, when you bolt on an ePortfolio and you uh, relegate it to a place for you know, digital artifacts, it's not going to be useful. And so, you know, dealing with that type of administrative issue and the context that they create, how do you mitigate these issues as an, as a teacher in a K-12 environment? Um, if, if your institution doesn't value the ePortfolio, but yet they want you to use something like that, or you want to use something like that, how do you get other people to appreciate it? This, this is where we're going today. Um, do you have any key insights, some ideas you want to share with before we start taking a look at what we recommend as a way that we can make this work? Sure. I think when you talk and sort of discuss why folks do or do not use any portfolio, you really have to go back to that, that why. You know, what, what, what is it that about any portfolio that would you know, hinder you from using it? And, or, or what is it that really uh, a factor that would help you definitely use it? You know, what is it that, that kind of pushes you over the edge and says, yeah, I'm going to use it. So I'm hoping to share a little bit about my story at some point in our discussion today about why I started using my ePortfolio to give you a candid perception and give other people an idea of why, you know, why it's important to me um, as an educator, but also as a professor and, and someone who, you know, works in the field very closely with other people who are interested in building ePortfolios. I think that is a really important perspective. I, I too will share why I use an ePortfolio, and we're going to be going down that path in terms of talking about how we model uh, an ePortfolio's use and how you, you may want to question people who are advocating the use of an ePortfolio who actually don't use one themselves. And so we'll, we'll get into that in greater detail in just a, a few minutes. But to, to really set the context, we've been doing ePortfolio research. Uh, I know I've been looking at ePortfolios for almost 30 years, and, and I know, Talissa, you're a little bit more recent to it, perhaps the past you know, 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. But in that time, one of the most consistent, and I would argue disturbing themes um, that addresses the Edinburgh challenge of if these ePortfolios are such a wonderful thing, well, then how come people are not using them? That's the Edinburgh challenge. The biggest answer to that problem is three things. Well, if we had more training or more PD, and we had more resources, more funds, and we did more research as to find what the problem was, we'd solve this problem. Well, we've been giving that answer of more training, more PD, more research, more funding, 
for the last 30 years and we really haven't moved the needle that much. I think it is actually much simpler than that. And I think it's important to understand that the research that we've done very, very recently on ePortfolio persistence really points to some very simple solutions that we want to talk about today. And, and that goes back to our mantra of giving the learners choice, ownership, and voice through authentic learning opportunities. If you turn the ePortfolio into something that is real, that's authentic and genuine to the learner, and they recognize that they can find their voice through the ePortfolio, and they take ownership of it, well then there's a greater chance of them continuing to use it. But that isn't enough. There's, there's one more little thing that really I think we need to talk about, and that is this notion of an ePortfolio is a place where you get to invest in yourself. I know this is really important to you, and I just I want to give you the opportunity to go take us down that path of investing yourself and talk about some of your experience, because I know you've been working with K-12 students, our master's students, you've been working with honors school, honors college students in terms of uh, e-portfolio use, and, and this idea of investing your, in yourself is something that you talk a fair amount about. Go ahead. So some of the conversations that I've had with my honors kids actually spurred this. And they said, you know, gosh, we're building e-portfolios. And if we had done this in high school, maybe we would have a record, uh, and not just a record, but a, an opportunity to interact with our teachers a bit more, share our ideas, collaborate on projects better. But we feel that our the work that we're doing was kind of, you know, graded by the teacher and then you know we put it in a file cabinet or it you know stored it away somewhere and never looked at it again and so one of the honors kids had said to me I wish I would have had this sooner or have been introduced to this idea sooner and that got me thinking you know because there was a point you know I was a teacher and I didn't have you know an e-portfolio I had a website but I used it to you know, dump things and, and I, I sort of just, you know, put stuff out there for people to look at, but I, I really wasn't looking at it as a way to build my own digital identity, share out my ideas um, and connect with other people. When I made the connection myself really to connect with other people and who my audience were so I can connect with my parents, I can connect with my students, but I'm also kind of, you know, able to store and share everything that's important to me here. This is where I started thinking, hmm, I had to take a step back. There's some value into this. And, and, if, and if I actually take this step and invest in myself, this won't just be you know, uh, somewhere where I you know, dump things, which I've done before. This will be an opportunity for me to connect with my master's students, my honors kids. Plus, I wanted to model everything that I was doing or asking them to do. I wanted to actually do it myself so I could learn alongside them and experience with them what it's like to have their own e-portfolio. So investing in themselves, even at, at the graduate level, I, I would tell folks, build out you know, your, your curriculum vita. Put this here. Um, share some of your best work you know, here and get some feedback on it. Work with other teachers. Maybe you're starting a new, in a, in a new club, a coding club or a coding camp, or you have innovation plans really exciting and you want others to get on board. This is one of the best ways you can influence or, or help them is sharing your ideas, putting it out there in your portfolio. And for me, 
I use it to share my research, my grant work, uh, my publications, connecting with my communities of practice. I have a blog that I write to, you know, intermittently. I have an about me page. People can download, you know, some of the work that I've done, or I can point them to, you know, how to go deeper and further and, and to some of my ideas. So I use it for so many reasons. And now it's become sort of my lifeline. And I walk into a presentation and people a lot of times will look around and say, well, where's all your stuff at? Well, actually, I don't need it. If I could just, you know, if, if I could use your computer here, I can project up to the, the projector. It's, it's very easy for me. I can type, you know, www.talissatibido.com, access my presentation. It's there. It has become my lifeline. It has become part of me. And I think that is where investing in yourself and really taking ownership and having everything in one central location, all of your ideas is so important because this is how you keep building the connective thread between who you were and who you want to become is then encapsulated on your ePortfolio. So there's so much here. I could go on and on, but I hope that gives you a little snapshot of what we're thinking when we talk about investing in yourself. Well, I really appreciate what you've talked about. And I, I, I'd ask you to add one more thing to investing in yourself. And I think this will be relevant to educators, especially in primary education. Um, you've got a, a daughter who is, um, she's five now, if I recall correct. And you've been talking about the work that you're going to start doing with her on helping her to build her e-portfolio. Do you just want to share why this is so important uh, for you to do this with her at this early age? And, and, how this is going to be significant because you're recognizing that if you're investing in yourself, well, as a parent, you want to invest in your children. As a teacher, you want to invest in your students and you want your students to recognize that they have an opportunity to invest in themselves. Do you want to just share some of your thoughts and ideas on that? So going back to that original thought that that honors kid gave me about, you know, the, the, the teacher looks at the work and just kind of, you know, I file it away, it gets its marks, and then we file it away. I started thinking that we have an opportunity right in front of us, you know, and my child, you know, Sadie, she's five, and the opportunity is here in that I could, I could help her build out her own website, and the reason for doing that would be not, you know, in the beginning, it's going to be more of a yeah, kind of hover over her and help her out a, a bit with that, but I want her to be able to share and articulate who she is, her experiences, um, take ownership of something that's important to her and give her a bit of choice in how she grows and presents what her own thinking, her own ideas are. So again, it's kind of, I'm going to be doing some handholding in the beginning, but eventually when she gets to upper elementary years, she'll be able to then build her own um, ideas, build her own, um, you know, projects and presentations. And you know, she'll have control over what that looks like and how she shares that out with people. So that, I, I want her to have that opportunity because I didn't, and I don't want her work to just be filed away somewhere. I want it to become part of who she is. I think you've raised a very important point. Creating a space for a learner to really build a body of work, build their identity to show who they are, who they have become through the work that they've done. The reason I, I believe that this is so important is that I've had the opportunity to have my boys, who are now young men in their early 20s, they started building e-portfolios when they were relatively young, and they continued doing that right up until adulthood. And um, my, my older son is a professional athlete, and he uses his website now to promote his, his uh, discipline. 
And he's gotten sponsorships and a variety of other things, not because he's the fastest guy or uh, other things like that, but because people, when they take a look at his work and who he is, they can see that he's a whole individual. And quite often, companies are willing to sponsor people who are, are not just one-dimensional. Sure, you want a person to go fast, but you also want somebody who can speak well and isn't going to you know, embarrass a company. So you know, his e-portfolio shows that he is a, a, an individual of character. Um, my younger son is slightly different. He too works, uh, does uh, still perform as an athlete, but he also is a businessman and he, and he does work on, on customization of cars. And so his e-portfolio has shifted from being a, a space where he showed his work growing up and he actually created a brand new site. But his ideas that he learned about an e-portfolio um, really came into being when he built out his new website for his business because his e-portfolio, his business, really is a representation of his artistic ability. So he helps design customized cars and he does the graphic. He does a lot of things and there's a lot of artistic involvement. And so he helps people find their vision. Well, his e-portfolio now is an amazing portfolio of work. He was just dealing with a major potential vendor and he met with this company and um, he was in their offices and he showed them his Instagram on on his uh, phone and they they took a look at it and then he said just click on the link to my website and his website is his e-portfolio and they can see all the work that he's done over the last year or so and so the ability to take the work that you've done and to organize it and to share it and to show who you are is really that manifestation of the investment in yourself. And this is what we're talking about. Um, now, I, I want to ask you a question. You're a little bit newer to the C-portfolio thing than I am. And, and I know in our conversation, we talked about the fact that it, it took you a little while to really get your head around about, well, why do I really need to use e-portfolio? So as somebody who you know, has been a teacher, is a, currently a professor, you, know, you went through this, that feeling of, well, why? What am I going to use this for? How is this going to benefit me? Do you want, do you want to share some of those thoughts? We talked about this earlier on today, but I think it's real relevant to the people who are listening to this, that they hear some of the things that you experienced. As soon as I realized what I could actually do with my own website, you know, I had to get past this thinking of, oh, this e-portfolio has to look a certain way and it has to be built out and look at it, it. You know, there's wonderful e-portfolios out there and, and I'll never get to that point. You know, everything you ever want is behind that, you know, fear, right? So as soon as I stepped away from that, that, you know, fear and, oh gosh, how, how, how could I do all this and realize that this is iterative and something I can build upon and something I can add to it and, and kind of make it my own as I go one step at a time that's when I thought, oh gosh, you know, the potential here. And so, you know, building one page even, ooh, well, how can I use this page? Well, I can connect this with my students this way and my parents this way, or I can actually build another page that's on an ongoing project that I'm working on. And then everything doesn't get lost, you know, and it's, I've got to find this paper. It's on that hard drive or that thumb drive. Whoops, I forgot to save it over there. It's all in one central location. When I realized the potential behind what I could do with it as an educator and who I could connect with, the people that I would have never been able to connect with before, the professional learning networks I could share this with, the people that I could become involved with in collaborative projects across the world. When I realized that kind of potential and thought, this is not something that has to be done 
all and it com completed all in one sitting and I just build on this, that's when I thought, okay, I can do this one step at a time and I can try some different things. I can connect with different people. I can pull my social media here. I can um, write, reflect can, and build, you know, ideas I never thought I could build um, outside of, you know, my own thinking. I could actually look at other people's e-portfolio. I could look at other people's website and build on my own thinking, connected thread, connected voice, share my thoughts, blog. There, it, it, it's a just, it's a canvas of opportunity if you will, the C portfolio. And, and it's not just all about, you know, just investing in yourself. It's who you can connect with. Um, and that was a big selling point for me too. When I made that transition into, I'm going to build my own. I had multiple sites at that time. I had a Google site. I had a Weebly. I had managed another Weebly, all of these different sites. And I thought, why am I doing this? I can pull this together into my own space and really make this mine. And that's what I've done with my own e-portfolio is made it mine. And, and by investing in myself, I send people to my website. Um, people are referring to my website in their articles. They're writing their research. People that, you know, Google Scholar, I looked it up just recently and we have over just 18, 18 citations on one article just recently from across the world. This is something that I can share on my website and go, wow, look at this. You know, we've had our ePortfolio persistence work being used in, in a variety of ways. This is the opportunity. These are the opportunities you don't want to miss. And to draw on, a, a, you know, a presentation I just did yesterday with a student in the Honors College, one thing she said, and this is interesting. She is a pre-med student and she's a sophomore and she's wanting to go and work in hospitals and get some you know, ex experience. She said to me, my friend and I both applied to be a volunteer at this hospital, do some shadowing and do some work in the hospital. And I thought, oh, that's great, you know, good for you. And then she, and I didn't know this until she shared it with the, everyone in the room. She said, I pointed the hospital personnel, the admin to my website, my e-portfolio. And she said, directly, and I shared the link. She said, now the, the, a friend of mine applied, but she did not have any portfolio. She did not share the link. She did not have one. She said, I am the one that got the call back. <laughs> and I said, that's interesting. I said, well, I, she goes, and that's actually when I asked her, did you, did you share the link and did you point them to it specifically? She said, yes, I did. So, there, you know, she took, she took it on herself as an, as an honor student to invest in herself. And then she used that for her benefit and she got a call back. So that's another example that I wanted to throw out there. But, you know, in light of that, just, you know, having my daughter have the opportunities in front of her that I didn't have and to be able to connect, share and build her own, you know, digital literacy and, you know, building her own website, those skills alongside the things that she's going to be doing. I mean, this is, this is helping her take ownership of her ideas and, and, and really understanding who she is and her voice. That's why, you know, I'm going to take her down that pathway. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing these insights. And um, I, I know we're getting quite personal about, you know, the reasons for using that e-portfolio. But I think that is really at the heart of this matter. Um, getting others to use an e-portfolio is not going to be dependent upon professional development. That's not going to make a difference. More funding, more money isn't going to make a difference, and more research isn't going to help. Really, the key thing that I think will make the difference is encouraging people to give it a go. Uh, 
you don't need to train people how to use WordPress or to use a variety of tools that are out there. They can experiment. And as you mentioned yourself, well, you start out with a page or two and you start to express, but you really need to take a look at why. Why am I going to do this? How can I use this to invest in myself? How can I use this to connect to a world of people that I want to influence? How can I share my ideas with the rest of the world? So once you start looking at those things, you know, finding your voice, I think, can be quite important. And this brings me to something that I think leads to a challenge that we face in, in academia. And that is we've had a lot of people who've been researching ePortfolios, a lot of people recommending ePortfolio use. And we've had entire programs that require students to use an ePortfolio. And unfortunately, a lot of the people making those recommendations don't use the ePortfolio themselves. If you don't use an ePortfolio, if you haven't found your voice for an ePortfolio, if you haven't taken ownership of an ePortfolio, how can you re recommend its effectiveness to someone else? And I, this is where I, I, I want to share some research. It's not the most recent is research from 2005, but there, there is a, a quote that I, I would like to read. I often discourage people from using a, uh, a long quote in a presentation or reading a long quote in a presentation um, unless it really has significant merit. The, the following quote, I think, is something that you, know, you can read, and, and, and so I want you to consider the following. But this is, this is a reflection of a student who is questioning the significance of somebody telling them to use an ePortfolio. So this is, this is from a student's perspective. In terms of promotion, the problem is the people trying to explain it, the ePortfolio, have probably never used it, an ePortfolio. So in a way, they have no clue what they're talking about. Basically, to put it frankly, after listening to them, you would be like, okay, so you as an outsider who've never used it, the ePortfolio, is telling us we should do this because it is the best thing since sliced bread, but you've never used it. You can't find someone who did use it. You don't have enough information to tell us how to use it. And now you're telling us to, to use it and we'll grade you on it. This kind of makes it hard for students to accept or appreciate it. I'll be providing the, the uh, citation for this reference, but this came out of uh, a um, work at University of British Columbia back in 2005. And, and this um, is one example of a variety of students' perspectives. And this article points to the fact that one of the biggest challenges students are facing is that when you're asking them to add something like an e-portfolio, and if you don't use it yourself, they're not going to believe you. Because if you don't use the ePortfolio yourself as an educator, then you're not going to really be able to share why it is important. So the whole idea that we've been talking about, about finding your voice and the way that we use ePortfolio, and, and you know, uh, you've talked about your experience. In my experience, I've been using an ePortfolio for many, many years, and my entire life's work is on my site. So in the DLL program and in other courses that I teach, I point my students to my ePortfolio for almost everything that I do. You know, the program map for the DLL program, the examples, everything imaginable happens on my website. I did some consulting work for another organization. I was doing some uh, coaching on um, sports performance, and I had the students run through 
a couple of modules on my website. I was able to put a little user ID and password so I could restrict access to these things. Everything happens on my ePortfolio. I call it my website. Now, I'm using the term ePortfolio because it still is in vogue, but I simply refer to it as my website. The key thing I think that hopefully we're conveying here is this is a very useful tool. Well, no, it isn't just a tool. It's a useful aspect of conveying who you are as a professional, as an academic, as an individual, as a person who has a certain belief. You can share what you're doing, what you believe through your website. And I think it's really important that once you start to recognize this and you start to invest in yourself, finding your voice isn't very difficult because we all have one. But it's really a matter of finding that central digital location and starting it. That's the biggest thing. No, you don't need PD. You don't need training. You just need to start. And quite often, it might just be a scenario where, you know, in a workshop, you're asked to, you know, share a couple of reflections on a blog somewhere. That's a starting point. Take those ideas, expand on them, build on them. Use that starting point to really understand why you are doing the things that you're doing. Invest in yourself by sharing your ideas and sharing your insights and making it easy for people to find out what it is that you're doing. If you believe you're going to be changing the world one letter at a time, well, that's a, that's a valid thing to do. Share that. Share the work that you're doing. If you're running a coding camp, share that. Share the insights. If, if you want to actually expand this one-off opportunity to uh, multiple instances, share that. Use your ePortfolio as a place to do that. So the ePortfolio is a place for you to actually show your professionalism, show your abilities, show your passions, show your insights. It's a place for you to show your voice. And it's a wonderful opportunity. And you don't need PD. You just need to start. Any, any more thoughts uh, before we wrap up this discussion? When you say you just need to start, that's really it. If you can, and we talked about this before, this inquisitive mindset or having this, hmm, what does this button do mentality, as you've mentioned. You know, don't get stuck, and, and this is just a tip, don't get stuck behind the fear of, gosh, it's got to be all done and complete. You know, it's got to get, it's got to look like this person's ePortfolio. No, it's yours. So as you click, move things around, you adjust your pages and you, know, you add things, oh, I don't like the way that looks, you move it over here, or you take it away and you add a picture over here with some captioning here, that's okay because it belongs to you, it's yours, and you're going to use it the way that you will you know, have found your purpose and why you're going to use it. So understand that you know, our ePortfolios are living and growing all the time. They're never done. And it's just something that you can build and continue through your lifetime. It's not something you pick up and just drop. It's something that you can, if you, if you really find your why and your passion behind why you're using it, it'll be easy to keep it, keep it going no matter where your walk is in life. Well, I think we've really dealt with this. It, it can be that simple as getting started, exploring, experimenting, really connecting with your why investing in yourself. And it's a wonderful opportunity to use all the advances of this 21st century, these amazing digital tools. You know, I've said this in other discussions, we live in the most amazing time to be a learner. It's the most amazing time to develop an e-portfolio. It's never been easier and it's never been more important. 
to do this because with all the voices that are out there with all the information that is out there being able to consolidate organize and to share key insights in an organized systematic fashion is crucial the challenge of the information age is not finding information because there's a ton of it out there the challenge of the information age is discerning is to curate is to organize and to share that distinctive voice to share your voice that's what you can do with an e-portfolio